Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spiegel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spiegel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel, and we are happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is Seven Secrets to an Amazing Life. This week's guest is the author of the best-selling books, The Sultan's Seven Secrets, an incredible formula for manifesting and personal development. A big welcome to Jeff Buhner. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Michael. Thanks for having me. Hey, so your book is based on the life and writings of the richest man who ever lived, the Sultan Musa of Mali. Um, he was lived uh, 1300 AD. Now, how did you even get introduced to this person and his writings? Well, first of all, let me correct myself. I called you Michael because we talked about how to pronounce your last name. And that's what was stuck in my head. I know you're Andy, so I apologize No worries. For I've, that. Been, I've, I've been called worse, Jeff. Yeah, I'm sure we all have. Hey, that's a great question. I was introduced to the writings of Sultan Musa of Mali because I complained to the right woman. Now, I, like you, have been taught, you know, don't ever complain. People don't want to hear your bitching. Sorry for that word, but uh, I was so depressed at the time. So, yeah, what's the word? Just uh, I needed something to change in my life, and I had no idea how to make that change happen, but I was desperate. And I ran across this woman who I was actually pouring concrete for, and she and her husband were everything I wanted out of life, but didn't know how to get. And in fact, didn't believe I could ever have what they had. They were obviously very wealthy, uh, but beyond that, they were elegant people. Like, very few people stopped to talk to us, the concrete guys that showed up to work in their backyard. Mm -hmm. you now, most people ignored us, uh, especially if they were wealthy and successful, but not these two. They came out and talked to us. They spent time with us. They seemed genuinely interested. And as I had this opportunity to talk to her, I told her, you know, you and your husband are everything I want. But then that conversation devolved into me complaining about how hard I worked, how I wasn't, you know, getting ahead and didn't see any way I could get ahead. And that's when in the middle of this complaining session, really, she turned around and walked away. And it was a really embarrassing moment for me. But she came back. And when she came back, she handed me a manuscript. And this manuscript was the story of Sultan Musa of Mali, written himself. 
Now I have have I'm I'm a big reader. I read a, a lot of business books, a, a lot of personal development books. I I have before you came on as a guest, I had never heard of of this of this guy. Is it a manuscript that was I mean was it out there? Was it hard to find? I mean where where did this woman get it? Okay, so I don't know where she got it. And I didn't know the impact that this manuscript would have on my life. So I didn't stay in touch with her. And even after it did have an impact, I went to try to find her years later and couldn't find the home. I couldn't even remember what neighborhood I was in. I poured literally thousands of driveways and pool decks and porches and patios for people. So I couldn't find her, but I had the same question. Where did you get this? And I wondered if she was uh, a a descendant of Antoine Gallant. And the reason I bring him up is Sultan Musa of Mali wrote prolifically. He's in the history books. He did all kinds of crazy things And you can go read about him. But one of the things he did that is amazing is he wrote a fairy tale and embedded the seven secrets into this fairy tale. And centuries later, almost everybody is familiar with that fairy tale. It's Aladdin and the Magic Lamp. And Antoine Gallant, 300 years later, published the only the fairy tale not the rest of it not the rest of his writings now hmm. you think well why would sultan musa of mali have to embed the secrets in a fairy tale well because of the way he got them in the first place he was a pauper like poor beyond the kind of poverty that you and i can even imagine his mother could not afford to feed him even one meal a day on some days. He had to go out and steal food or scrounge for food just to survive. That's how poor he was. At the age of 12, he had a near-death experience. He actually survived an attempt on his life by an older thief who tried to kill him. And during this attempt on his life, he had this near-death experience where he met a man made of light and love, his words, who taught him how the world works. And it's these teachings that he used to become the richest man to ever walk the earth. But this was the 1300s. You know, Andy, you didn't just come out one day and say, hey, I died yesterday, but then I came back to life. And by the way, I met God who taught me all kinds of crazy stuff that our most learned scholars know nothing about. That's a quick way to get yourself killed. So he used the fairy tale to, well, as a segue to teach these concepts because he was incredibly benevolent. He wanted everyone to learn what he learned and do what he did, which basically create the life you want to live and you can do that so with your book 
you are taking those seven secrets and you are expanding on them. You're clearly explaining them. How how is your book laid out? The book clearly explains the secrets, but then goes into how I used them to change my life. So it's kind of a dual-edged. It explains the secrets as I learned them from reading that transcript. And then it kind of documents what happened to me as I put them into practice. How long was the manuscript you were handed originally? It was a stack of papers, like, you know, an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, maybe an inch deep. And it, so it wasn't a great big giant volume of, of uh, writings, but it was substantial. And did you read it right away? Did you read it that same night? Or did it take oh, you a while to bring it out? That's a great question because I wasn't going to read it at all. When she handed it to me, I was thinking, lady, you have no idea how busy I am. My day starts at 5.30 in the morning. At 5 o'clock in the afternoon, my crew goes home, but not me. That's when I go out to collect money, pick up supplies, sell new jobs, I almost never got home before 7.30 at night, and I'd wolf down my dinner, take a shower, and fall into bed so I could do it all the next day. But it just so happened that I put that manuscript next to the bed because I was just going to return it to her in the morning. That's what she asked me to do. But I read the first page, and I stayed up the rest of the night reading it until I was done. Wow. And taking notes. So even though I knew I had to get up at 5.30 in the morning to go back to work, it made such an impact on me that I stayed up probably until 3 o'clock. I, I didn't document the time, but probably 2.33 in the morning is when I finally went to bed. Now, I don't want you to, to give away the secrets. We, we want people to, to read your book, of course, to get the full impact. But how can knowing the secrets impact someone's life hey look we are uh made we're complex but we're just each of us are playing a role that's all we're doing and we're all capable of playing thousands of roles but these roles were adopted by us but we were also helped by our parents, the people around us, we're kind of pushed into our role. But understanding that you're just playing a role that you're dedicated to, and you get into character every morning and you stay there and you, you kind of uh, handle every situation that comes to you the way that character would. But if your circumstances changed drastically, you would you could adopt a new role instantly. You could be the king of England, you know, just real easily if you woke up and everybody was telling you you're the king and they're looking to you for answers. You do your best to be a great king. And you would think of yourself very quickly as the king of England. And, you know, that's the role you would begin playing. So what Musa learned is that 
he had and you have the power and the authority to change your role anytime you want to. But you have a mechanism that is controlling your life. Now, he called it the veiled mind and likened it in the fairy tale to an all-powerful genie who can get you anything you want if you know how to summon the the genie and command it in the language it obeys. Hmm. And in the fairy tale, that's what the magic lamp is all about. The magic lamp represents new knowledge or understanding of how to command this inner genie, your veiled mind. We all know that we're all familiar with the concept of a subconscious mind. So I use those terms interchangeably, but your subconscious mind is the mechanism that controls your life. It does this by keeping your life congruent with what it believes about you or the role you're playing. And you can think of it as a stage manager. You're an actor on a stage, and your subconscious mind is the stage manager. And its job is to keep the stage of your life set in a way that's congruent with the role you're playing. And the role you're playing is important. This is how you learn. It's how you gain experience. And experience is the currency of eternity. All of your experience, good or bad, however you think of it, is being socked away in the vault of your knowledge and understanding. And it's all unbelievably valuable to you. On the other side, here, everywhere. It's valuable to the person you are. Okay, but let's get off of that and get back to the subconscious mind, this inner genie, the the uh, the mechanism that's controlling your life based on what it believes to be true about you. So whatever it believes, it's going to keep congruent. So here's the question. Who told it what to believe? Well, you did. You are right now telling it what to believe about the role you're playing. And you're doing it in a very specific language that Musa called the language of the gods. And he said, when anyone speaks this language, the world obeys your commands. So think about me. Thirty. Go ahead. I know you have a question there. Is the theory in this book similar to the law of attraction theory? Okay. Yes and no. And the reason I say no is because the law of attraction and manifesting has been taught by people who have, for lack of a better word, bastardized it. So manifesting, you're manifesting your life every single day. Your subconscious mind is incredibly powerful, and it will keep your life congruent with your predominant feelings. That's just what it does. It's a, it's a mechanism. But manifestors, coaches, manifesting coaches, let's call them, teach people half the truth. And that half is change the way you feel. 
about any aspect of your life that's important to you that you want to change. But then they do something incredibly damaging, and that is they have those people who are trying to change their feelings about life quickly look to reality, quote unquote, and ask, where is it? How come it's not showing up? How come things aren't changing? How could things even change? How could things possibly change for me? Well, as soon as you do that, you cut the knees out from under what Musa taught. Musa taught that feelings is the language of the gods. And I'm really not giving away anything. You, you need to read the book. You need to understand how the world works. And then I've learned that you're going to need a little coaching because you are such a uh, habitual creature. You will wake up tomorrow thinking the same thoughts that generate the same feelings that you thought yesterday and the day before and the day before. And your subconscious mind is feeding you those thoughts. So there's this constant communication going on between the conscious and the subconscious mind. And you feed each other thoughts and feelings, but your subconscious mind hears, obeys, and is programmed by your feelings. Now, I see your book. It was a number one um, USA bestseller. When you wrote the book, my question is, is what were your expectations on how many copies it would sell? Oh, that's another good question. I had no expectation because when I went to retire three years ago, I have a farm in Belize and I love it over there. And I was planning to start getting ready to retire on my farm. I got the strongest feeling that I couldn't do that until I had shared this gift that was given to me with other people. Now I had shared it with hundreds of people along over the 30 years, but I knew then that a hundred people or 200 people wasn't what that feeling was talking about. I had to share it with thousands, if not millions of people. So I wrote the book and, uh, people came into my life that helped me get the word out and push it out there. And so I knew that was going to happen because I applied the same formula, if you will, to the book that I applied to getting anything I want in life. And I know I can get it. I know how to do it. And so I just did that with the book without thinking of a number. I want to sell, you know, a million copies I just knew that it would get in the hands of the right people who needed it. And this is the time. This is the time that people need it because of what's happening in the world. Now, do you have a favorite success story or two that you could share from people who have read your book and, and been able to implement some of the strategies in there? These stories come in every single day because initially I thought, I'll write the book. The word's out. I've fulfilled my obligation. But I, what I learned is people need some coaching. They're so habitual. Their subconscious uh, beliefs are so strong 
that I started getting lots of people asking, Jeff, help me here. I, I'm stuck. I, I'm trying to change the way I command my inner genie, but you know, every time my husband says the wrong thing, I go right back into feeling the way I do about our relationship. So I've spent a lot of time, and it's fun for me, by the way. I'm not in any way complaining, but I spend a lot of time every day coaching people and helping them get over being stuck and changing their lives. So I have stories every day, relationships, money, finances, health and fitness. Uh, so favorite one gal, I don't know. I mean, I had a guy who never made more than $40,000 in a year, change how he felt about his career finances, his ability to bring money in. And within one year, he jumped up to 450,000 that year. Now, my story is even better than his because finances was my issue. And I was like a $60,000 a year concrete guy. By applying these concepts, I started making twice that much easily every single month. And that happened within about eight months. So, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so for, for listeners, where is the best place to, to get a hold of your book, order a copy? Uh, you can go to Amazon.com and buy the book, but you're also able to go to Sultans7Secrets.com and download the video book, we call it. It's me speaking the book for free. We just want people to get this book in their hands. And then if you do that, you'll put in your email to be able to download the video book. Then we will send you some emails letting you know what other events, what other things I have out there that might help you. Because you're going to want to go to a what we call a challenge. That's where I delve into uh, you know, the concepts deeper. And then I have programs where Look, there's the concepts, and you have to learn those first. You got to let them sink in and kind of get it how the world works. But then there's the techniques, tricks, hacks, tips for how you do it, how you implement this new way of living, new way of seeing the world. It, it really becomes uh, a new hobby for people, it's a new lifestyle. And we help each other. You know, it's not just me helping people. We have big groups that meet on Zoom, and they help each other and teach each other and share. And it's really just a fun group hobby, if you will. But start with sultansevensecrets.com, and it's the number seven. Well, this has been great. This has been a lot of fun. This is uh, much different than usual episodes where I'm talking about different marketing strategies and such for e-commerce. But I think what you have is is terrific. And I encourage listeners to, to absolutely go and take a look at your book. Now, is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap it up today? Just a word of encouragement. You know, we're so trained to think that it's hard to change your life. It's hard to get the things you want to come into your life. That is not true. 
The only thing that is true and the thing that makes it hard is that you're continuing to tell the mechanism that controls your life, your inner genie, the, you're giving it the same commands and expecting things to change. And nothing's going to change until you learn to command your inner genie in the right language and flood it with the commands that match the life you want. And then you'll be absolutely stunned at how things come to you. Think your path crosses with other people, other situations and circumstances that cause your life to change. And your life can change very, very rapidly. So don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Don't be depressed. Just learn. And understand that anything you've gone through that is hard, any uh, amount of frustration, it's all very valuable. It sets the foundation for being able to learn this, these concepts, these truths, and put them into practice. If, if your life was all good, no frustration, no hardship, you wouldn't learn this and you're meant to learn it. It's, it's, uh, it's beautiful. So just learn it and appreciate everything you've gone through that puts you in a position to understand it now and use it. You are a junior creator. That's who you are. You're a creator. And this just teaches you how to use your abilities to create the life you want. This is great. Well, thanks again for joining us today, Jeff. Thank you, Andy. For listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information on Jeff or his book, The Sultan's Seven Secrets, you will find the links in the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our podcast resource center available at podcast.makeeachclickcount.com. We have compiled all our different past guests by show topic and include each of their contact information in case you would like more information on any of the services discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing.